Hey, it's Christina here. So this is the first episode going out in January 2021 on the Christina Talks podcast. How exciting. I am not quite sure where to kick off this year. I am, do you know, I've been producing so much content since essentially since the 1st of January and I kind of don't, I feel like I don't know whether I'm coming or going with it. But if I was going to pick one particular thing that I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks to share with you, to give you a nugget of information on the marketing front, it would really tie in with the fact that, you know, everyone at this time of year, they're making themselves promises about the goals they're going to achieve. And from a business perspective, quite often, those goals will link in with their marketing activity, their social media presence more specifically, um, and they start posting health for leather. So one of the things that I like to do every January, even if I don't do it again at any other time of the year, one thing I like to do in January is go back and revisit my competitor analysis. Now, I realise competitor analysis is not a sexy subject, but it is something that we all need to do. We don't need to spend time like week in, week out monitoring what our competitors are doing. And, um, you know, to be honest, if you are doing that, then I'd suggest you've got bigger problems. If you spend all your time looking at your competitors, it means that you've got very little time left over to look at your own business and push your own business forward and get your own marketing activity working for you. So with that in mind... I'm going to explain why I always do this in January. So like I said, people will come back and they will look at this time of year and they will be very focused on improving things. So the reason I really like to look at my competitor analysis in January is the fact that I know that, you know, I know that everyone is looking at their marketing strategy. I know that everyone is setting their goals. I know that everyone is revisiting the platforms they have or perhaps haven't been using and wanting to improve and wanting to do better. And in January, in that first week, second week, third week, fourth week, everyone is all guns blazing. So if I do that, if I do that now, if I do that at this point, I can get a really, really good benchmark. I can get a really good, good idea of what my competitors believe they should be doing. Now, the reality is that come mid-February, other things will have gotten in the way. People will have essentially dropped the ball a little bit. The, you know, it's like the New Year's resolutions we don't keep. Yeah, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to go to the gym every day. And you're really, really good. And then something happens and you don't go that one day and it turns into two days, three days, four days. And before you know it, you haven't been to the gym for weeks and you're cancelling that membership again. It's kind of the same thing on the marketing front. We're going to blog every single week. And three weeks in, the blog doesn't happen. And by the following week, we've forgotten it was ever a goal we set in the first place. Same thing with updating Facebook, same thing with investing in paid ads, same thing with LinkedIn updates or updating your brand. Things just kind of fall off the table. They fall off a ledge. OK, so I do the competitor analysis in January, a couple of weeks in where everyone's had chance to make their mark and get their get balls rolling. And then I diarise it and I do the competitor analysis again 
kind of, well, I like to say March time, but even if you did it six or eight weeks later, sort of, you know, in the middle, the end of February, you'd be able to see who has moved the needle and who hasn't. For those businesses that have made an impact, that are still going, that are still sticking to the these these goals and the, the renewed focus, you can kind of see how much of an impact that's had in that period of time. You can see if they've still maintained it. And of course, you can see how that is comparing with what you're doing. And it's really, really key. It just allows you to really understand you know, obviously you're going to make comparisons between your business and their business, and we'll come to that in a second. But also you're going to see actually who really, who does have that level of focus that is required in this situation. And, um, you know, I personally, I, I think that's really valuable because it's kind of going to set the tone for the rest of the year. Now, I said we're going to look and we're going to um, compare. We're going to look at our own brand. We're going to look at this this competitor's brand. So there's just a few things that I would automatically go and look at. So first of all, you know, how strong is their branding? Are they using any, um, is their branding consistent? You know, is the logo always the same? Is, is it a strong brand? Are they using any taglines? Is there anything obvious in the, the language that they're using, in the voice, in the tone? What are the key messages that they're sharing through their branding as well? And actually, if you're able to do that, and, you know, it might be that you can identify that, you know, that, okay, that particular competitor. Yeah, so if I, if I use Green Umbrella as an example, we do the social media outsource service, the coaching service, we can blog for you, we can produce video for you, websites, design, print. If one of our competitors looked at our business right now, they would see that we were having a bit of a push on the print side of things. Okay, that might be something they know. Okay, so this year Green Umbrella has more of a focus on print. They might look at sort of like the, the value proposition. So, you know, what are the promises we're making? Um, what are the what are the problems we're identifying? You know, whenever I um, you know, if I have to do my elevator pitch, I talk about how I help businesses that lack the time, the enthusiasm, or the courage to make online work for them. So actually, okay, so you know, time, enthusiasm, and courage. They're the problems we're trying to solve. We could look from a social media perspective. We can look at the content. So obviously there's going to be the two types of content, branded and unbranded content. So looking at the branded content, that might give you, um, you know, more of a steer again on what our, what our focuses are. But the unbranded content is really interesting. OK, when you look at unbranded content, you can then start to see, OK, well, they're sharing sources from these publications. So, you know, I share a lot of, I share a lot of content around what's new, what's trending, what the news is within the social media world. I don't actually share that much from sort of professional or trade bodies in the marketing world or, you know, Marketing Week produce some fantastic articles but I very rarely share their content. I tend to be more linked into the stuff that's coming from social media today or social media examiner, those sorts of more, um, you know, in the now, in the moment type resources. So actually, I'm not trying to pitch myself as a traditional marketer. I'm trying to pitch myself as someone who is, um, you know, like ahead of the game and always reporting the next thing that's happening and looking at what, what the next the next trend is and making predictions. And, you know, that's 
from what I share, I would suggest that that is an assumption that you could pull from my content if you were doing some competitor analysis on my business. Um, if I'm producing things like, uh, you know, if I'm blogging regularly myself, if I'm producing white papers, ebooks, downloadable guides, checklists, that kind of stuff, then you can see that I've got a really strong lead generation. Um, you know, I'm implementing a really strong lead generation strategy in the business. So again, that's another kind of piece of analysis you can make about your competitors. You can do things like look at the audience. So, you know, you could kind of break it down and say, okay, what sort of market share does that person have? Does that business have based on, you know, their LinkedIn connections and their Facebook page likes and all that sort of stuff? Um, to be honest, you've got to be a little bit careful with that because it's a, you know, it can be deceiving. And especially when you've got people that are, people that are fairly new businesses, but have massive um, followings, sometimes you have to ask how they've achieved that. How loyal is that following? So it's not just about a numbers game. I would look more towards levels of engagement. Okay. So when they're posting, they tend to get, you know, they tend to get shares on every post or they get a lot of comments or they don't get many comments or many shares, but they tend to get quite, you know, they, they tend to get at least 20 likes on every post they put on Instagram, for example. Um, that's a really bad example because you can't see the like count anymore, but you get the idea. Um, the other thing I would do is, um, you know, just look at the website of your competitors and you can use tools that are, um, you know, like SEMrush or there's something called Moz, M-O-Z. Um, you can go, you can like basically put your, put a link through these sites and do a bit of analysis on you know, what keywords are those pages optimized for? That might give you a bit of an idea. You can, you know, you can take that a step further depending on what level of depth you want to go to. But, you know, it might be, okay, well, I know that particular person, you know, they're ranking in place 21 for recruitment marketing and I'm ranking at place 17 or vice versa. Um, you can look to see if these brands are advertising, like using paid ads. But to be honest, that is a bit tricky to see. It's kind of, you'd need to be going back several days, um, spot checking to see if paid ads are running. The way that it works on Facebook and on LinkedIn, you'll only see that someone's been advertising whilst those adverts are running or within quite a short window. So Again, when you're looking at January, when most people have had a couple of weeks off, quite often you won't see that people have been running ads just because of the way the dates fall and when you do the analysis. So, yeah, looking at paid ad spend and or, you know, paid ad activity can be a bit of a, a bit of a misleading one when you're looking at competitive um, competitor analysis. You can then look at things like, um, you know, what sorts of event, you know, just do a Google search and what sort of events is that competitor getting involved in? Are they, you know, are they sponsoring expos or online summits? Are they running webinars themselves for, you know, trade bodies for the industry that, that they serve? Are there any specific campaigns you can see that they're running? Any sort of promotions that, and, you know, you'd be able to tell that because maybe they're guest blogging for other sources or, you know, you've seen on some key websites for your industry, you've been on there, you've seen them um, advertising. Um, and, you know, and 
have a look at your competitors for how responsive they are. So if people are commenting on their posts, do they comment back? If you're on Facebook, you can see, um, you know, sort of response rates, that kind of thing. You can sort of analyse that as well. So there's quite a lot of information you can look into. For me, though, the most important things from a social perspective is to make that comparison in branding, to look at the, you know, sort of the, the value that's being promised, the problems that are being identified that that, that that competitor is saying that they, they can solve and how does that compare with what you're doing, to look at the content, the type of content, to look at the engagement they're getting on those posts as well, to look at the keywords that are being used. They're probably the five most important things. Like I say, everything else I've talked about is, is just drilling down deeper and deeper and deeper. And what I don't want you to do is end up down a rabbit hole. I don't want you to spend weeks on this competitor analysis and you know get to a point where you're spending a massive amount of time on this. Just pick two, possibly three competitors and just run through this. Um, and you know what you should be able to do is get something meaningful out of the end of it. Now, this isn't about you being able to pat yourself on the back and say, oh, wow, how, you know, their brand's crap and mine's amazing. It's about you understanding, actually, where is the difference? Where are the opportunities to, you know, update and do better? You know, when I'm looking at my competitors, I'm looking at where are the opportunities for me to do better? Wow, that competitor's posted that article, I've never thought about writing about that. Okay, they've poised this question. It's a really important question. How do I create some content around that that's going to bring value? You know, the, the idea that everything we do is brand new and innovative is, it, to be honest, there isn't anything new. You know, especially in my world, it's like even when you're being innovative, it's like you're you know, innovation quite often is like taking an old idea and, and modernising it and making it better. It's it's very rare that something is produced that is something that no one's ever heard of before. As I'm recording this, if I were to look at my phone, which I've tucked away so I can do this recording uninterrupted, but I'm sure when I go back to my phone and I check my notifications, there will be a million notifications for Clubhouse and Clubhouse rooms and new people joining and all that sort of stuff. But realistically, Clubhouse is like a radio panel show that you can tune in and listen to. And you've got the opportunity of dialing in and being part of the conversation. It's an innovative app. Yes, but actually it's quite an old idea. It isn't really anything that new. People can have real life conversations and you can join them. It's not a new idea. So let's not kid ourselves that we're going to go and find all this new stuff. What we need to do is do this competitor analysis to find out, you know, are there some shortcomings we need to identify? Are there some opportunities to give some real value that we've just been blind to, that we've missed, that we need to do something about? So I can feel myself starting to ramp because it's such an important thing to do. But I don't want you to miss, and I'm repeating myself now, but I don't want you to mistake that passion for, you know, okay, this is something I need to build in. I need to spend loads of time on. Okay, do it. Keep it short and sweet. Make it a, you know, a one pager, a half a pager if you can. Just get an idea. Be like my top two, my top three competitors. This is this is where they're sitting this is what we look like in comparison. If you can get three to five actions out of that, 
that you can carry forward and you can implement, I guarantee it brings some benefit to you. I'm going to leave that there. I am always, always open. If you're, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, that's great, Christine, but I, you know, I just don't get it. I need to have a conversation. I need to understand. I need to know how to approach it. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, drop me a message, jump on the Green Umbrella website. There's live chat and it is, it's us. It's not, it's not AI. It's not robots. It is, you know, it comes through to the people in my team. I pick up those notifications as well. Um, and we can jump on a call more than happy to take this, um, take you through this if it's of use. But I'm going to stop talking there. And I really hope that was, as always, I hope everything I share with you is useful and thought provoking and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I will catch you on the next episode. Bye for now.